Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. New Amsterdam Radio starts now. What's up, everybody? It's Flobo Boys. <laughs> of course. I mean, who else is going to be? This show is a show for creatives, a show for thinkers and doers. And if you guys haven't already, make sure you check this show's social media at New Amsterdam on Instagram and at New underscore Amsterdam on Twitter. I'll be sitting down with uh, Marissa Serafini in just a second. And she has been one of my big gets on the show. I've been a big fan of her work and her work ethic and going from between on camera talent to the producing side and even some graph design skills. And so a true Renaissance person of the highest regard. I want to be able to pick her brain about how she goes about her things and her perspective. And hopefully you enjoy the talk too. But one before I go, I was going to say, if you haven't already, check out the website, newamsam.com. That's K-N-E-W-A-M-S-A-M.com. I'll let you know about all the other shows that I'm working on currently. And if you want to unlock video versions of these interviews, patreon.com slash boys. That's the boisterous crew is what we call it. Patreon.com slash boys. Be a friend, unlock bonus content. And support the arts. Right now, it's me hanging with Marissa Serafini. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creative. It is I, the mayor of Liberal Boys, and I'm being joined by someone where I finally worked the nerve to ask her to be on the show for months and probably for years now. I've just been admiring my guests and what she's been up to. Marissa Sarfina, she's been doing things in the design space, in the producing space, and like this guy, went to film school. We're definitely going to talk about all of that on this episode. Marissa, how you doing? I'm good, Flava. How are you? Great yeah, intro, good. by the yeah, way. Love it, love it. You went to film school? I did. I, let, let me graduate. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> they let you graduate. Same here. Yeah. Did you uh, have a, what, what was your emphasis? Do you have an emphasis structure for your program? It was all kind of like pan film? It was, entire... yeah, it was mostly focused on a lot of, so my program was called Digital Filmmaking and Video Production. Okay. So everything was like digital, except for, you know, the very first like basic class where everything was on DV tape, which is awful. Wow. So you like, yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, it was under the digital space, and then there was a class where I had to do podcasting, so I knew all that experience, um, which, you know, led me to different jobs in my life. So it it covered anything that was digital. True. So. Yeah. So when you when you got out, sorry, when you got when you when <laughs> they let out, me out, <laughs> when you jailbroke, uh, was the passion still there? Or was it was like kind of my experience when I was done? I was like, I need a break. I've been filmed out. I've been grinding to the the motor and pestle for too long. Or was it kind of like this is my passion? This is what I'm doing. I'm good to go. No, I loved it. I was more burned out because uh, when I graduated high school, <laughs> you know, like I'm taking it way back. When I graduated yeah. high school, my ceremony was on a Sunday. And the very next day, that Monday, I was already in college. I was already taking oh. summer classes. So I literally had no break. Um, and so were I was in close? Were they close? Were yeah, they, they, they were like, I don't know, 10 miles away. Okay. Um, so I went from high school to college, no break. And then from that, my first college, I transferred to my film school. And that was all year long for two and a half years. I, I blew through college. Yeah. Um, 
um, to the point where I felt like I didn't really get the full college experience because all I did was just, I was just in school and mm -hmm. I never took a break from high school to graduation. And, uh, and then I got my first job out of film school only four months later. So I never really had like a break. I was more yeah. burnt out of the fact that I just kept going. I wasn't yeah. burnt out cre uh, creatively. It was just like, I'm tired. I want a day off, you know, right. because <laughs> on weekends when I wasn't in school, I was working at a grocery store. So like I was constantly doing something. Mm -hmm. um, but creatively, no, I think that was always still there. I got two questions there. That's like what, 19 years in total uh, going straight in school, I guess? Like, yeah. 20? And, yeah. And, and two, why? I understand like there's, when you're younger, it's your parents say study, but like what, what kept pushing you not to, to stop? I think I'm, I'm just a person who loves learning. And I always, I'm like, I am a nerd. I read a lot of books. I'm like, I'd rather read five books than go to this party for five hours. You know, I, I was that kind of person. So uh, when I was in high school, I was already doing college classes for two years. Nice. And I think that's another reason why I got to college so fast, because I already had a lot of credits, you know, mm -hmm. built up. I just love learning, you know, going from one thing and just keeping me going mentally in, in that way. And I think I banked on a lot of my youth and energy. Yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah, five classes, let's do it. When like normally people take three or four. I was like, no, give me all that I can that my schedule allows me. So roll the dice. Yeah. It's it's funny if, if people who are, are listening now that did non-traditional college or they're they they have not gone to, to school, like an ADM class in high school is not the same as an ADM class in college. It's no, a whole it's different not. piece. And like I, I tried that and I say, okay, from now on I have a hard start. Maybe nine thirty, maybe ten. It's it's a whole different thing. Yeah, and like my college classes it was at eight AM or it was at six PM at night. And each class was like three hours long and it just depends. I once had a physics class on Fridays that was six hours it was brutal i did that for three months i was like i never wanted to talk about physics ever again yeah, <laughs> but you know you, you gotta do what you, yeah you gotta do what you gotta do but like oh there, there were some classes i was like let's just get through this you know yeah. the back then did you know what you want to do with your life or you were kind of just trying to figure it out at the time um yeah because in high school when i was uh 16 my theater director and a production crew, you know, for, cause I did a lot of theater. Um, he, he gave me this opportunity. He's like, here's a camera, go film. Like, would you like to help film the school events that were going on? It was spirit week. So like, it was the, like the first or second week of school and where everyone's like just getting oriented back to the school. And we have a lot of school events and stuff. And uh, he gave me a camera. He's like, let's just go film everybody. I'm like, yeah, sure. That's fun. So uh, I filmed people and I, I was like, oh, that's a cool shot. Let's get that. And um, that was also on DV tape. <laughs> and then, but like just doing that, I was like, this is fun. I could totally do this. And then, you know, those principles with uh, filming and like directing and seeing vision also applied to theater. Yeah. And then the theater stage production also applied to filmmaking. So like those same foundations, um, you know, cross-referenced with each other. And I was like, yeah, I could totally do this. And then I have always loved watching television, watching movies. And of course, you know, I've loved reading books. So I love story structure and, and writing. So I think just like all those culminated together. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I could totally do film. 
So you live in Los, the Los Angeles area now, but you're not originally from out, out there, are you? No, no, I'm from Illinois. Okay, like, uh, like Chicago side or like Peoria side? Like, uh, yeah, closer to Peoria. I am okay. two hours southwest of Chicago, in the cornfields. Okay, great. So that's my literally question. in the cornfields. Yeah, uh, population one thousand four hundred. No stoplights. Uh, all stop signs um, is a very, very, very small town. My town, so it's called Granville, Illinois. Yeah, uh, my yeah. town, if you look at it from like an eagle eyes perspective on a map, it's surrounded by corn and 60 miles in every direction. Wait, 1,400 people in a city. Who was everyone dating? Like <laughs> Each other. <laughs> What's going on? It's well, awful. <laughs> I know. You know the, like, I, I'm surprised there wasn't any incest going on. And, uh, <laughs> right. it, it was such a small town. Yeah. Um, uh, believe me, I didn't date anyone because I was like, I know you. I grew up with you. You. Right. Um, so, and it's funny because uh, every once in a while I go back and I see like new houses and stuff. I was like, oh, this town's growing. And my parents are like, no, that's just the same family. Those kids grew up and they moved into a new house. I'm like, so the uh, same people, like it's not growing by like people moving in. It's just like the same families moving out. <laughs> right. It's spreading out. But that must have been weird, I yeah. guess, having this this i guess midwest lifestyle and saying no i'm doing something in the visual arts i mean did everyone jump on board or was it kind of like this thing where it's like are you sure you want to do that want to bail some hay work <laughs> in the cornfields <laughs> yeah it was more like that um because I, it, I wouldn't say weird because when you grow up in that it's just that lifestyle that i i know from you i, I imagine you're a city boy um yeah, you yeah. might think it's weird but when you actually grow up in like a small country town like I did, it, it's the it's the normal. But um, the the only real careers that flourish in that area is like um, either your police, your lawyer, or your doctor or a teacher. Those mm. are like the four careers that everyone just chooses. Yeah. And I was one of the only people who chose um, film, and that and I knew that there were no film production opportunities and job career options in my hometown. I was like, I got to go out. This is something that will actually take me out of this small town. Right. Um, and I could travel with this job, you know, and I could go to Chicago. I could go to LA or New York or wherever I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I actually purposely did that because, you know, growing up, I was like, I'm not going to stay here in this town. Everyone has a job that's like still stuck here. Um, you're rooted, you have a family here, and that's fine. If people are comfortable with that, that's like totally their prerogative. I was like, there's a bigger world out there. I want to see it. Right. Uh, so I chose a job that like would actually take me out to go see it. So It's yeah. interesting because New York City is so large, but the part of Brooklyn I was from was from a very Caribbean community, and it has a lot of those things. Even though I'm just a giant town of 4 million people, it was right. still kind of like, you sure you don't want to be a doctor? Like, are you sure you don't want to have your own store? That was the big thing for self-ownership. A store, you know? Yeah, uh, entrepreneur. Yeah, my whole yeah. family, they're all entrepreneurs. They have their own businesses. My mom, dad, two sisters, they have their own businesses, which is great. You know? All separate but businesses like, or, a yep. or is there a family business? Oh, it's no, they're all separate businesses. But yeah, it's a very entrepreneurial kind of, because, you know, small towns, small businesses, they're all mom and pop shops. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think I was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the right brain, is it? The creative side of it? Yeah, the creative. 
Yeah. So, yeah. so we actually met at this digital network uh, where I was a host. I was a friend of the camera and I got to try the hosting thing, which again, for those of you guys who watched past episodes, it was weird being a comedian going into hosting because of the structure. Uh, uh, but, but, in, but in your case, you had some hosting responsibilities, but then you were also working behind the camera and almost a, a producer kind of thing. So I want to know about your experience there doing the uh, front of the camera stuff, the behind the camera stuff and going between the, the two. Yeah, well, I was actually hired to do um, producing because, you know, like I said, straight out, of, straight out of college, only four months after I graduated, I went to AfterBuzz TV and I was there to be an engineer and to help create the, the shows and do the audio production, video production, set up, you know, just about everything. I was there for engineering, yeah. um, but there was such a small crew. There was only three of us <laughs> so skeleton upon skeleton crew yeah. and, we, and it, there were just so many jobs that we had to do like everything because I was doing everything um they made me a producer and then from there and you know and I love talking television I love you know I studied it um so I knew about structure and all that and character development and um when I was talking to Phil and Kevin about it they're like well why don't you host a show and uh, the first show was actually Glee, the Glee after show. Oh, man. Um, because, you know, I'm Filipino, so of course I love singing and music and anything <laughs> right. musical. You know, right. first I watched that show, and there was a night where one of the hosts couldn't make it. They're like, Marcel, go fill in. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, because, you know, I built my career behind the camera, not in front. Yeah. And they're and like, yeah, you know how to do it. That's what you get for being in a family full of entrepreneurs. Like, all right, I'll do it. I'll get my Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, Mercer, you're going to go talk. And I'm like, okay. And then uh, they're like, yeah, just do everything you can. The only difference is there's a camera on you. I'm like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. Um, so I did it. And then uh, that was at the end of season three of Glee. And that host who I was filling in for actually couldn't finish the season. So I just kept filling in for the rest of the season. And then when the next season started, so season four, they made me a regular host mm. on Glee. And then from that, I added more shows. I did Once Upon a Time. And then uh, I just added more shows to my roster. I was like, I know how to host now. So and that's how I became a host. It was more so out of like opportunity because someone missed out. Yeah. I was like, it's fun. And I actually enjoyed hosting more than I enjoyed engineering. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. So there was a lot of, and then I admittedly, there were, uh, there were some years I added a lot of hosting shows that I wanted to just be on camera for, because if I was hosting, that means I didn't have to engineer in the booth. Smart. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, you know what? Great. I'm going to be in front of the camera, not behind. I was like, you can't bother me for three hours because I'm hosting. Sorry. When Sorry. I worked at, at Fox, uh, I was in the digital content team, and uh, this is kind of like boring because people are like, oh, man, you're Fox. Yeah. But like, you know, when you go to like a Roku or Hulu, there's like the, like the clips of a show and there's a little description. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I used to clip those show episodes and write the descriptions. Oh, and I, I was assigned to Glee. And I, I won't forget this because I almost lost my job over it. Um, I was doing the description and one of the characters, if you guys haven't watched Glee, it's a nice show. It's pretty good. But one of the characters is, is named Kurt. And I spelled Kurt's name wrong. I used a C instead of a K. Ooh. And all the Glee fans, those, the Gleeps, uh, <laughs> Storm <Our> Fox. <laughs> yeah, they done Storm Fox. And I got pulled aside for messing up a name. So the question I have for you is, Going into hosting with these shows of built-in fandoms, was that something of a challenge, dealing with the many personalities who are fans of these shows? 
Oh, yeah. And um, there were some those shows like when I came in late and other people were like, who's this girl? You know, yeah. what what gives her the right to start talking about a show that we know? I'm like, no, nah, I've been watching it since day one, too, you guys. Um, but and then I think that's just uh, I'm big on researching. So if there is something I didn't know, I made sure I went to Google or a dictionary or something. And I made sure that I got like five pages of this one thing that I wasn't informed on. Mm -hmm. So when I did have to talk about it, I was like, actually, according to this, <laughs> you know, so yeah. I was like, you can't count me wrong. It was like, this right. is like, I had the Drop research to back me up. You know, I had the reasoning. And like, when I didn't know something, I was honest about it. I was like, you know what, guys, sorry, I actually don't know. If you guys know, let me know in the chat or, or whatever. It's like, let me know if I'm wrong. So, so there are just times you have to own up to it. But um, I fortunately, I was, uh, I picked shows that I actually was really informed on. Very rarely did I jo join shows I had no idea what it was about. So, and I, I think that helped because it came from a point where the the audience knew that I knew the show. Right. And that's what I know you're all about it. She's legit. Right. Uh <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like once upon a time, like I knew that show in and out. So, yeah, yeah, with even your your further on your stuff with uh, I had to look this up the when calls the heart the Hardys uh, culture. Yes. Uh, I see that you're a fan there, man. Like a lot of the results, the Google image searches is Hardy fans. Be like, oh my gosh, Marissa. So you endeared yourself yeah. to a whole fan base where you're like a star fan. How does that even work? That was it was huge. All right, so I don't know if you you know how we actually got into that. No, I don't. Tell um, me. It, honestly, it was my idea. So, and James will give me credit too because I I made him. Um, James Lightyear also a fan of the show. Yes. Uh, so there was one year. Uh, admittedly, in 2015, I just did not have a good year. It was like personally, it was one of the worst years of my life. Um, like it was just a lot, you know. And I was going through like an emotional time. And at the end of that year, December, I went home for Christmas. It was Christmas time. I was like, f this year. You know, leave me alone. I just want to forget this year. And it was during that time I found a show on uh, Netflix called Ben Calls the Heart. And, you know, and I was a big Hallmark fan, too, because it's on the Hallmark Channel Network. And so I was watching, like, the Hallmark Christmas movies, and they were promoting Ben Calls the Heart because um, it was coming back. And then I watched all the seasons on Netflix. I binged it. I was like, this show's amazing. I was like, I got to do the show at Afterbus, you know, I was like, I got to find hosts, but it's also Hallmark and not a lot of people actually watch Hallmark or out of the, like the main host roster that we had yeah. at Afterbus, not a lot of people watched Hallmark. So I was like looking for people. I was like, I got to get someone else to talk about the show with me. They need to watch it. There's only two seasons. You could do it in a week. It's fine. I got James in because I knew he loved the soap operas. And I was like, this is a show that I, I think he would like, you know, because after all the years at AfterBuzz, you can kind of tell hosts and their personalities and when shows would actually like match up with them well. Mm -hmm. And I got James to do it. I gave him homework <laughs> for one week because I knew he was going to be on a plane going back to Sacramento. I was like, just watch the first season or just watch like three episodes and let me know. Um, he ended up watching all of it. He's like, I loved it. Let's do it. I'm like, great. Um, but we had this policy at AfterBuzz where like, we don't want to start a panel with only two people because right. God forbid someone like ends up sick and then one, you only have one host and then you're doing a solo show, which is, you know, just not good. Yeah. So like, um, I, I told the producers about it. They're like, if you can find one more host, 
and you have a solid three panel people, you can do it. I'm like, all right, yeah, let's do it. So I was on a mission to find one more host. <laughs> and then that January, there was a host orientation mission you've been to, you know, mm -hmm. that deal. There was a host named Maria Provenzano and she did stuff for the Hallmark channel. She's been on, oh. um, yeah, she, she did the home and family. Yeah. She did the home and family, uh, segments and stuff for cooking. And she was a big Hallmark fan. And she came in that month. I was like, you. I want you. And I talked about when calls are. She's like, yeah, let's totally do it. And then she was on board and it all came together within a month. Yeah. And then when we started the after show, admittedly, we were late because we were in season three and no one knew who we were. And but James and I, we be and Maria, we, we were like so fun together and everyone loved listening to us. And uh, they and then we managed to also get the, the lead star, Aaron Krako, on our show that very year. And people just like poured in and watched yeah. us and, and they tuned in to us every week and like the Hardys just like loved us. And then on some reason, and I don't know why, which totally was not deserved, they put us on this like high pedestal. <laughs> and it was like, it was nice because we were getting a lot of attention from the Hardys. They're like, uh, who, who are you going to get next on your show? And I, I had a good connection with Crown Media and they gave us a lot of the, the cast members and they loved doing our show first. So for some reason, we, we just like, got the 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 crew and the cast members and the, we even got writers and producers right. on our show and like people just love listening to us and we were fun well i'm not sure who hallmark's main demographic is but it's my mom's favorite channel and she will hit yeah. me up three times a week and be like have you submitted your movie to crown media yet and you're like no mama no get on it flubo <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i don't have a mailbox drop uh, no it's true it is the the demographic is our, our older women um because a lot of the fans are anywhere from like the 40 like 40 olds to like 80 old women who loves us yeah. And which is great because, you know, me growing up, I, I always got along with the elderly people. I don't want to call them elderly, but like the, elderly, the older people. <laughs> but, you know, when you're when you're 16 working at a grocery store, working with the 60 year old women in the morning because teenagers don't want to work that early in the morning. You know, like yeah. I always got along with the, the older women. And so when it was Ben Calls the Heart and like the whole demographic were just older women, I was like, yeah, totally. Like I got along with all of them. Yeah. What's been the yeah. greatest experience with that? I mean, do you, have you been getting fan mail? Do you get fan art? Like what's the, been the craziest thing? Um, I've gotten fan art. Uh, and there, there's a painter, Jordan Blackstone. She's also a, a Hardy. She's a big fan of the show. She, and she's in contact with like a lot of the crew members and stuff. She does amazing oil on canvas paintings of all the actors and stuff. And I made a commission for her and she painted and she's painted like three things for me and she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but people are just, I don't know, they're so giving and, and they're just so kind and thoughtful. And um, and when we went to the Hardys family reunion, which is like basically a convention just for Hardys and the show, um, they, they gave me access, media access. Like all I had to do was talk to the organizer. They're like, yeah, you have this hour to talk to the host, um, to talk to the host, you know, I'm constantly working. You have an hour to talk to the cast, um, get whoever you want, just sit down and interview. I'm like, what? <laughs> No, like, I don't have to pay for anything. They're like, no, everyone knows who you are. Here's an hour. Go. I'm like, 
okay. <laughs> so it's kind yeah. of crazy how you fell into a niche. It was kind of like this because of the, right. the negativity of your year. You decided to be wow, exposed to this brand new show and just still ball into something else. Right. And 2016 was a great year, and I think that was kind of like Thanks, the universe. Homer paying back because they knew how 2015 was awful to me. They're like, all right, 2016 is going to be a better year. Um, Yeah. And everyone was just so incredibly nice because they knew we were genuine. They knew we weren't like some, uh, you know, um, malicious network just trying to get a scoop or something. Like they knew we were genuine fans of the show. They just wanted to talk to the actors, give them like, uh, content that other people might not get access to and um and podcasting wasn't a thing at hallmark channel yet they didn't have any podcasting so we were the only people really like getting media free media yeah. content out for crown media and i think they really they hopped on that bandwagon they're like the after buzz they have billions of downloads and you know, like millions of followers less you know, give them something. Yeah. And uh, so and I think that they liked us for that reason, too, because we were the only ones actually getting the word out for them. That's that's great. Besides that's them. Well, yeah, you were up for a cause, but it's like a start of the the collaboration between you and, do I say JLJ Media or James Law Jr.? Yeah, J- James. A lot, <laughs> a lot of James, stuff together. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, at that point, we knew each other for a couple of years, um, but I only produced his shows. And uh, but we never hosted together. So when we started hosting and then we got all this positive feedback from all the Hardys, we're like, we could keep doing this. Let's just find more shows to do together. And that's how we just we just like force any like random project to do together. And but people love it. So, so what have you like or haven't done yet when it comes to the production side of it? You've definitely hosted. You have any acting aspirations, voice acting aspirations? Like, what what's next for Sir Mister No, I don't do acting. I don't think I, I'd be a I strong enough acting. actor. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, I don't, I don't I do acting. Yeah. No, I, I admire people who can. That's just like that was something that I never thought of because yeah. I I liked being behind the scenes and making everything happen. Yeah. Um, I found like that's more my purpose-driven reason why I do things. Mm-hmm. And um, people told me I should do voice, but I hate my voice. Oh, me too. Join the club. Yeah, I hate my voice. There, and I kid you not, there are a lot of comments on iTunes on like a lot of after shows. They're like, "Love Marissa, hate her voice." What really? I'm like, but does that discredit everything that I just said just because you don't like my voice? Don't listen to them. I right. think my voice sounds like someone being strangled, but that's just me. That's the voice right. I have. <laughs> and they said my voice is annoying as hell. So, well, I, I I deemed that down a little bit. But, like, I've had really, really negative comments about my voice saying it was just yeah. annoying. But, like, okay. I have a higher-pitched voice. Whatever. So if someone really um, liked your voice, would you do it? Like, I, I don't understand. Is that the only reason why you're not doing voice acting is because people hate your voice? or? Yeah, well, I personally, I don't like my voice. Okay. <laughs> um, but I've had a lot of hosts actually tell me that they like my voice. They're like, you have a great voice for voiceover. I agree. I'm like, I really? Agree. Tell me more. <laughs> They're like, yeah, anime, you know, any animation type of voice character, you could totally do those. Absolutely. I'm like, agree. yeah, I could. <laughs> And, and if you don't want to yeah. show your face, you don't have to. So no one could put the one to two together. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
I was like, well, if you know people, maybe get me started in the voice acting, sure. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, there's, you know, JLJ and there's his audio dramas. That's how you get started there. But I'm not here to connect jobs to jobs and come to companies. I'm talking about, you said 2016 was actually a good year, paying dividends of what happened in 2015. Right. We know the relationship between 2020 and 2021. Was last year great or not so great? Was this year great or not so great so far? Where are you landing? Um... It, 2020 had a lot of ups and downs. It was definitely a roller coaster because at the beginning of the year of 2020, from January to March, I had two jobs. They were both paying great, two great paying jobs. I was working nine to five, Monday through Friday. So like a big, I had two good paychecks and that was going. And I was constantly busy, constantly creating too. And I was filming people, I was editing, I was doing everything that I, what my career wanted. I was like, I have two jobs in my career, which was awesome. COVID happened, both of those stopped immediately. Sure. Um, and then I was like, the, the, that paid my rent, that paid all my, my bills and whatnot. And so, but fortunately I, I had saved up a lot of money cause I'm actually a pretty frugal person. Um, to be so, so for like the first two months I was like, I'm actually good. Um, because you know, when Corona started, they said it was only going to last like two months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a joke. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm actually good for two months. It's like, and, uh, like I, you know, me saying I was constantly working and I never really had a break. And then Corona, I was like, what do I do? I'm just sitting here playing video games and I never played video games, right. you know? And, um, so for the first two months of Corona, I was like, Okay, yeah, just waiting for the world to kind of come back. And then it kept going. Into the summer, I was, like, getting really depressed. I was getting really down. I was having my panic attacks, like, every few days. I'm like, how am I going to pay for all the things that need, like, rent is coming up. I haven't had any money coming into the bank. I'm just, like, dishing out money and you know, hemorrhaging money. Um, and then well, I... the vanities. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, but so like the summer was was not good. But August, when August came back, um, my job that I was doing, my government job, they're like, hey, we're going to start back up again. I'm like praise. And um, and I got to I get to edit remote for them. They're like, all right. So that was a three, four day paycheck um, starting to come back. And then, um, you know, and then but I had to travel a lot because my brother was getting married my best friend was getting married. I was like, should I even be traveling because it's coronavirus and right, stuff? Right. But I just bit the bullet. I was like, I really, I have all the time in the world. <laughs> no one's working. I actually do have money to do it. And I'm going to regret not going home from my brother's wedding, you know? <laughs> so, um, so I traveled and, and did that. So like at the end of the year was fine because I was working. Um, I got to go home for Christmas. I got to see family and be with friends and stuff. So, I know it was a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. With 2021 on the horizon, I know we're still in the early stages of it. How's it looking for you? Uh, so far, so good. Knock on wood. Hey. Knock, knock. knock, um, knock. Yeah, because fortunately, I'm still working. And um, I'm still working rem remotely, so I still get to be at home. And um, I started my Krav Maga back up again. I do oh, martial yes. arts. I want to talk about that in a second. But continue. Oh, yeah. Do you know about that? Uh, yes. I know, I know it's an Israeli martial art, and I know that you want to get back into beating people up in the face, but I can't yeah. see how one came to together the other. You're like, you know what? This is the style I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I started that a 
uh, like three weeks ago now. I started that back up, and it's great. I was just there last night for two hours, kicking people's asses. It was awesome. Um, so, yeah, so far this year, because, you know, 2020, I could have done that. I had all the time in the world to do that, but I wasn't sure with health right. protocols and safety protocols if it was even safe to train again because um, yeah. I had to put that on the hold. And then, not going to lie, ate a lot because yeah. I'm at home. That's all I do. I gained some weight. But yeah, I was like, I you know, do. I, I got to get back into it, you know. I mean, I, I ran. Like, I do conditioning and stuff. But I was like, yeah, no, but I miss my Krav Maga body. It was awesome. Like, that's, that's like my beach body. Yeah, I was and, I, I was trying to figure this out because, man, this is going to sound creepy. But again, if you're listening to this being like, what's this question for? It's like, I know when I when I play volleyball, I get a little bit more thickness in my legs. When I run, I right. kind of lean out. What does a crowd body look like? Does it have to be lanky? Is it like up top? Like, what is well, that? Well, you, you know, everyone's built differently. I'm sure. more built toned. I have awesome legs. I have like long, <laughs> long legs. And like my instructor calls me, I am what you say, deceptively long. Because I have long arms and long legs. my um, And I'm only 5'3", but my wingspan is almost six feet. Whoa. Yeah. And, and I have long legs to boot, so, like, I can kick you from a really far place. Sure. Um, but so me, uh, physically, I, I'm just more, like, toned everywhere, but uh, all my muscles are really in the legs. Okay, yeah. And abs. I, I am all abs. Abs and down. Okay, so basically you just become shredded from, from top to top. Basically. Yeah, wow. basically. Krav Maga uh, is the pro tip, y'all. <laughs> Listen yeah. up. <laughs> it's great. It's an amazing workout. I I was working out for two hours last night, and I burned 500 calories. So, and you're not sore as heck today, or are you? No, not as much today, because um, we did a lot of kicking yesterday. Okay. So, um, But my legs are in shape, because 2020, during coronavirus, all I did was run and walk. Mm. Yeah, I was I was walking like six miles a day, anywhere yeah. from six to ten miles a day, because I was just crazy. I had all the time in the world. I was like, I'm bored. Let me go on a three hour walk. Right. Um. So like, I, I've always had leg strength. So when I was kicking last night, I was like, I could do this all day. This is fine. <laughs> I feel sorry for your classmates. Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It it also says here uh, on your profile that you are an NBA enthusiast, and I was just curious about that because is that different to be a fan? <laughs> like, you just well, sample teams every week. I, what does that no, mean? I say it because when we talk about NBA, I get more excited. I was okay. like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um. Admittedly, I, I kind of felt. I mean, I still watch NBA. I, I actually I love the Celtics. I'm a big fan of the Celtics. Oh wow! Even though I'm from Illinois. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, long story, but when I grew up in Illinois. When I was a kid, you know, Jordan was huge. But then when I was a teenager, they weren't good. They sucked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they weren't really a team to follow. And I was like following the Celtics because they were better. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna root for the better team. I don't care if you're from Illinois or what have you. And I don't know, I just, I love watching the Celtics. So I still watch them, but I say enthusiast because whenever someone brings up NBA, I was like, yeah, let's talk. Okay, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm all enthused, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I used to be actually really good with stats and people's like shooting percentages and field goals and stuff. Not so much anymore. Right. Um, but yeah, I think I've had NBA enthusiasts in my bio for years. When it comes so. to sport, I think you're allowed one change. I think you're allowed one time to be like, okay, I like this team. I'm going to shift over here. 
Any more than that, right. it's kind of kind of sketchy. But, right. Know, like, like I'm a Mets fan through and through. I don't know if you can see the poster here. I'm a Mets fan. They win, uh-huh, lose, okay. and they lose a lot. I'm a Mets fan. Uh, when it comes to basketball, I am a Nets fan. But I was Perfect. a Knicks fan up until uh, that what 99 finals, and I was like, bro. And for a while, I just had to step away from the sport. So I changed once. I've cast in my New York car in Brooklyn, so I'm good to go. There you uh, go. So do you like the Nets now? Now that oh, they yeah. have, you know, Kyrie and Durant, Durant's healthy again, and then mm-hmm. they just got Harden. What? I am on board, man. I, I I was a Nets fan. I can tell you exactly what. Not when they were in Jersey. Well, when they were in Jersey, I was a big Kendall Gill fan. Uh, okay. When they moved to Brooklyn, my 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 buddy who was a he's a, a paralegal, so he had like the the ticket to his job, got nice. me floor seats at Barclays and it is something because they built Barclays on the Atlantic Yards when I was a kid it was like train tracks it had like grass overgrowth I would get my bootleg CDs people were dealing drugs in that corner and now I'm sitting on the floor of Barclays eating like Fifteen dollar Brooklyn sushi, watching a local team. I was like, dude, I'm in. I am in. That's 100%. awesome. So yeah, man, I'm all about it. About time to start winning. So hello, Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm 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 curious. I mean, because you know Kyrie was on Celtics, and then when he left, was not in the greatest way. Mm-hmm. So now a lot of Celtics fans are against him. I was like, I'm not really against him. You know, I was like, he yeah. did what he had to do. He there might be some beef, whatever. We don't know what all went down. But I'm glad he's still, you know, flourishing. He's still awesome as ever. But he's just on. He's on nets now. I'm like, all right, they're the team to beat. Honestly, that's a hot take here about Kyrie. I feel like when he, his career is over, they're gonna look back and say this was like one of the first like uh, careers that were dictated by mental health. Because when Kyrie is not 100% mentally, then he either wants to leave or wants to find a new space, and right. people will rag him on him for that. But that's oh, go, go to a family party and then get fined a million dollars. Yeah, and I'm like, and that's the thing because you know he's so talented and dude got handles. But mm-hmm. the problem is, is like all of his personal stuff is now starting to overshadow like his actual performance on the court. And yeah. now people, he's just deeming this image that he's not enjoyable to be with. You know, he's not enjoyable to work with. And, like, yeah. you don't want that reputation either. We know True. what you can do on court. But it's also what you do off court as well that dictates, you know, if you're going to make a team or not. That did hurt yeah. Rodman's legacy when he played back in the yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Rodman. Yeah, and as many hair colors, because when I was a kid, I wanted that so bad. My mom thankfully stopped me. So, Mama, if you listen to me, thank you so much. I'm going to my hair purple. Smart mother, smart mother. <laughs> I know, right? I remember when he was, like, green and then pink and then rainbow. Yeah, what were you so, thinking? Uh, is there any, any uh, big things you want planned or have planned for 2021 towards the end? Any big projects on the horizon? Um, not so much projects, but, like, things to acquire. <laughs> um, PS5, it, number one. No, well, <laughs> okay, so end of 2019, I made, like, a list of all these things that I wanted to, like, accomplish for 2020. You know, things that I wanted to buy, things I needed to buy, what have you. I don't have a camera. I'm a film major. I don't have a fancy camera or what have you. So it's like, so when 2020 hit and then coronavirus, like, all that went out the window. I was like, mm. okay, that's not going to happen this year. So for 2021, I'm like, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. I'm going to get this. You know, one of my first things, uh, and you can laugh, but from, from last year, I was like, I needed new tires on my car. 
I got it that's too. Like, <laughs> I got that's it like that's like $400, you know? I got but the same like, thing. It's cool. Because I wasn't making money, I was like, well, I guess my car is just going to like, I, every time I drive, I might get a blowout on a tire. But you know what? Whatever. Yeah. So, so, but now because I'm working, I'm making money again. I was like, I can finally afford the things that I actually need. <laughs> so I'm like planning on getting a nice camera. And when I have that and the equipment, I can start filming again and like yeah. redoing my demo reel. Just like, you know, be making content because I'm a film major who makes, who doesn't really make her own content. I make content for other people, but not yeah. for myself. Get that so that's label. right. So that's something I'm planning on 2021, like actually creating things for myself. Oh man, I can't wait to see that. I know you already have your uh, YouTube channel up, which I am a subscriber to, but if somebody wanted to follow you on the interweb space, see the big things happening in your life and career, what can they do that? Um, well, I don't, I honestly, I don't post a lot. <laughs> um, Dang but you, this, I just set it up. You're like, yeah. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go back like 10 seconds. You can follow me everywhere at Serafini TV. Yeah. Uh, S-E-R-A-F-I-N-I TV, Instagram, Twitter, um, on YouTube, it's Marissa Movies. Or also I have two accounts, but my creative stuff is on Marissa Movies. And um, I do fan video edits, like music videos. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours. <laughs> <laughs>